Vox Bus. That pause honors the body's knowledge. Whereas in the mind, we get stuck there right away. We go there and we start defensive thinking and, you know, denial. And the brain, it's not able to function fully without the right amount of oxygen. And that's where the body comes in. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prebo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome everybody to this episode of Body Awareness Can Help Us Relate. And I have a conversation with a returning guest, Al Bailey. And those of you that listened to a previous podcast that we did this past September, How the Breath You Take Can Improve Your Relationships, will know how fascinating and interesting Al's insights can be in the subject. So let me tell you a little bit about Al. I've known Al for about 20 years. He's a licensed body worker, a breath work coach, and meditation exercise facilitator. And his practices are geared to help clients return to their personal original breathing rhythm for the purpose of optimal health and ultimate healing. He has been a student of healing arts for about 30 years and his services are available in Asheville and Elizabeth City, North Carolina. So you can check out the show notes to find more about Al. And on this episode, we elaborate from the previous episode on more about how our bodies really have an integral play in how we relate to the world and how we relate to other people. Having an understanding of how our bodies are such a key factor and how we process our emotions, how we communicate, and how we facilitate the ease in our body creates, of course, more ease and flow in our relationships. I really enjoyed this conversation. It was pretty fascinating to me, and I think you'll learn a lot from it. And before we get on to the show, if you or your business or organization are interested in sponsoring any of my episodes, you can contact me at heartsharecounseling.com. Or if you would like to support the podcast with a one-time or reoccurring donation, you can go to my website and click on support the podcast page. Thanks, folks. Okay, everybody, take a nice deep breath. Get into your body. Hope you enjoy this episode. All right, here we go again, man. I'm inspired after our last podcast and some things came up out of it. Of course, you're just a, a master body worker. And so we were talking just about our relationship with our, our body and our, I'm going to say it again, our mind, mind walk. Tell me. Mind foot. Mind foot circle walking. Mind foot circle walking. I'm going to get that that you uh, explained to us, and you're going to explain it to our listeners. But 
tell us about what, what your feelings are in relationship to the body. How important when we are in our body, understanding our body, how that helps in our relationships with the world and other people. A body has a mind of its own and a language. And the, the body mind speaks in the language of feeling. So when we have experiences, we're getting feedback through the body mind and it's speaking to us through the feeling. And that helps us to understand that moment and gain from that experience what it is to be gained or lessons. The body knows. It knows. Mm -hmm. It has infinite wisdom. And it's written in the bones because of the minerals that hold information of the past. Say that again. <laughs> yeah, I love that word. That's my new word now. The, the, the body has infinite wisdom and holds information within its minerals and the marrow and all of the good stuff because it remembers how it got the way it is through the injuries and stress and experiences that we have. The memories are lodged in the muscle fiber. And I love that information and inflammation we talked about. Yes, two. yes, yeah. yes. From the injuries, the information of that situation that we weren't ready to deal with is lodged beneath the inflammation that formed because of the injury. So when we tap in to this inflammation and we start to manipulate it and it starts to move, now the information that was beneath it can come up and we can see how this happened. What lessons are here? What information is here that I can use in this moment that I'm in that came from the past? So this is how the past, the present and the future works together because the information is lodged in the body from the experience that we may not been ready to deal with or able to deal with at that time. So when we go and get help, whether it's from counseling or from body work or chiropractic, then there's information that will arise as we let go, as we breathe into these areas to release them, to set the freedom back in, then the information will come to the surface and we can see how this information from the past is relating to this present struggle or concern. And by allowing and breathing into that, we get to make decisions about that information that affects our future. Mm. So that's the past, present, and future working together. Yeah. It's so amazing to me, like as a body worker, we know we call it emotional release. And the, the body is holding it, it. I think the body says, okay, look, I, I have this, we have this experience. I'm going to hold it for you, but you got to get to it. Yes. I'm going to hold it. And what most of us don't do is we don't get to it. Mm -hmm. So the body keeps on holding and holding and dysfunction and mm -hmm. disease happens and so forth yes. instead of releasing mm -hmm. that experience of that trauma. Yes. One yeah. injury can turn into dis-ease because mm -hmm. if you're not at ease, you're dis-ease. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you're sick with disease and you're, you know, it, it means that you don't have relaxation in that particular area. Mm-hmm. Wow. What just came to mind for me, I'm just wondering of like people in relationships, do they form one body? You know, is there an aspect of how there are two bodies or a family bodies that come in even through ancestry and bringing in that information? Do they form their unique body? And 
if they start healing within themselves, they now form another healthier body within themselves. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's um, separation and togetherness in one mm. because you observe that relationship with your past, which is with the ancestors. And by bringing that into the moment, now you've created a, a different body, but they're connected. And they, they stay connected throughout, yet you start to distinguish which one is necessary to work with at a specific time. Just by the mindfulness and being present will let you, will allow you to do that. So tell us about your, man, I don't know why I'm not getting it. Mind, foot, foot circle, circle walking. I know I want to get it in mind, foot, circle walking. Mind, foot, circle walking is a body, mind, breath relationship. It's an exercise and meditation that you can do anywhere, anytime, because the practice happens outside of the circle. When I leave my circle from my training and I walk outside my circle to live my life, I'm in practice. As long as I can refer to breath throughout the day, I'm in practice. So when I go back to the circle, I'm taking everything back to the circle. What's not necessary or what's not nurturing, the circle will reveal it to me through my imbalancedness, because those thoughts that are related with that will come up while you're walking. And if you don't know how to breathe and return to breath, you'll feel yourself move out of balance. So it's a, it's a physical, for those of you who are listening, it's a physical circle that you're walking. Yes, mm -hmm. an eight foot circle. There's a space in the middle and you measure out from that point four foot and it circles around, which makes an eight foot circle. If you walk it long enough, you earn the right to walk without looking and base your life on what you feel along with your thinking. Because we think easy. It's easy to think. But a lot of times we get stuck in the thinking without the proper breathing. So it's not going to work. We can't figure everything out. Some things have to be felt out. So walking and we walk barefooted. You walk so long, you, you bear the ground. All of a sudden, now you have a trail that's in a circle, eight foot. When I'm walking, I'm trusting where I am by what I feel in the soles of my feet, because that's where my focus moves. And I can feel the grass and I can feel the dirt. So if I'm walking on the dirt and I start to think and I move out of balance and I step on the grass, I checked the thoughts that were going on because they're directly related to why I moved out of balance. So when the thought comes again, I go back to breath. Now I'm using the thought to stay in balance. And the foot that touches the grass when I'm out of balance tells me how to put the next foot down. It's that tight. So your mind can't roam unless you know it. When you know it's roaming, you can always bring it back by breathing. So then the practice of that, when you bring it into life outside of the circle, I mean, how can people use that? They, I'm thinking about when they're all of a sudden getting conflict with somebody else, or they have a feeling of agitation and anger. Is it the aspect of thinking the thought that brought them into that energy and how to come back into that balance? When they recognize there's a confrontation or a distraction, hmm. It's the exhalation again. Mm -hmm. That exhalation brings you into the moment. 
clears your mind, puts your focus in your lower gut. So you're able to trust by your feelings and not just your thoughts. So someone else's thoughts or ideas or negativity can't affect you because your mind is not on that. It's on the breath. The breath is always in the moment. And in the moment, the problem doesn't exist because it's based on past and future, which is pretty much illusion. There's only now. Mm. The breath is always in that space of now. It's like a refuge. Mm. Uh, like I said, a life jacket or a buoy out at sea when you're trying to find something to hold on to. Even when you hold on to it, it's good to let it go. Because if you hold on to breath, it can't come back. But if you allow it to release, then it can cycle back and it keeps coming back over and over again. And when people are holding, especially when they feel like they're holding their, you know, we talked earlier about uh, the throat, when we're holding back our truth mm -hmm. because of constriction. What do you think is happening in the body because of that? Negative hormones are being released into weak areas of the body. And that's where the stress will go and house itself where you're weakest. So if we recognize that again and go back to breath, now you're allowing rather than resisting and becoming restricted. The throat is the area where we express ourselves through sound, through poetry, through voice, through toning, uh, just pure expression and song. And that was also related to the aspect of in the back, yes. the cranial mm -hmm. that stores memory. Memory. Mm -hmm. As above, so below, and as in front, so behind. So the throat area is connected to the cranial. And then if you want to balance that from the bottom, it's the sacrum. And we body workers, we know about the cranial sacral relationship. And that's part of the language of the body too. It speaks. So when people are getting regular cranial sacral work, how do you how have you seen them transform their relationships, their interpersonal relationships because of the sinking of the cranial and sacral fluid? They're more present. They become more present in a way that they can better hear and understand in the communication with other people, their mate or friends or family. The mind doesn't roam as much once that cranial and that sacral energy is, is balanced together. It allows more clarity, even a clearer response. Mm. And you can listen more and hear more. I know when I get a good session or even just a good bodywork session, I sit and I'm like, hello, body, man, where have you been? It's been a while since I had this relationship with you. And when I'm in my body, how I relate to other aspects of my life, the environment, other people, I'm really coming from who I am, my center, mm -hmm. and instead of from the mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people really don't focus on doing aspects of body work, whatever their body work is, to actually help their relationships. Right. Yeah. We live in our heads so much. And a lot of the distractions that we encounter in life will keep us living in our head. So the body falls out of balance. Yet it knows and remembers, like I said before, more than the mind can know and knows more than the mind can remember. So we have to clear the mind in order to use the mind. Because when the mind is busy, it's already preoccupied.
It's like trying to sit two people on one toilet. <laughs> <laughs> One at a time. Yeah. The mind can hold many thoughts, right. but only can it digest and entertain one at a time. So that's how it's so easy to recognize what's causing the distraction and then respond differently than thinking and getting in the head, trying to figure it out. We bring it into the body to feel how is this affecting my self fully, not just my brain and my head and my thinking, but how is it making me feel? Let me bring it inside. Let me see how this feels. Because what you feel, like Bob Marley says, you feel it, you know it. Are you talking about a sensation feeling or a emotional feeling word that people would come in? Like, how, how is this energy feeling in my body? It can be both, uh -huh. depending on what you're dealing with or uh -huh. what the situation is. It can yeah. be different for each person. Right. We're so unique. And people need to have that emotional vocabulary. It's not just good or bad. How am I feeling, good or mm -hmm. bad? That's usually the spectrum. Mm -hmm. They're not really sinking into the aspect, do I feel despondent? Do I feel elated? We don't use a spectrum of emotional feelings right. or the aspect of sensation. We talked about earlier, temperature, hot and cold, are they signals? Mm -hmm. We're not giving ourselves the awareness. And I think also what people do is we put it in a critic or a judgment how we should be feeling as opposed to how we are feeling. And to be be okay with the feeling disallows the feeling to control you anymore. Mm. Because if you're resisting, it's not gonna move. Right. But if you allow, allowing causes movement. So when we allow ourselves to feel, we're moving energy. And if the energy is not nurturing, then we can move it out. We can cut that cord or mend it. So the allowing, even allowing pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. When you allow pain, you take its power from it. Like I've had sessions where I would recognize pain and I would go into breath. That feeds that area, fresh blood, oxygen, and nutrients. So the muscles kind of let go. And then that pain is... It's either less or it's totally gone, mm. depending on how much I'm willing to accept. Yeah. And if I totally get out of the way, within two days, it takes that much to process, the pain is gone. You forget about it. You're like, wow, I don't feel that anymore. Or that type of movement didn't pull me back or cramp me up or stagnate me. Or that person's voice or what they're always doing that I allowed before to manipulate me is not manipulating me now because I've moved through that mm. just by allowing it, yeah. taking away its power. And I think for me, part of the allowing is also uh, getting curious about it. Years ago, 25 years ago, I was doing a practice period at a Zen monastery and it was the first time that I ever meditated. And I, I walked into a session, a 13 hour sitting. I had no idea, right? 50 minutes sitting, 10 minute walking. And the first 15 minutes, my knees were on fire. You know, my back was hurting. And I thought there's no freaking way I'm gonna be able to, to finish this. And then I remembered what one of the lay priests was giving an instruction. And that was feel the sensation. And so I started being curious of the sensation and not labeling a pain. Because every time I labeled it pain, I was having to work really with resistance. And then the sensation started to become like 
heat or expansion like a rubber band. And then I got really excited. And I was like, oh, the pain is gone. But as soon as I said that, the pain came back because even though I said gone, still labeled the story around pain. Mm -hmm. So I had to play with the verbiage mm -hmm. around pain instead of the curiosity of the sensation. Word sound is power. Yeah. Words carry power. Give us some words, man. Give us some of your, 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 your vocabulary. <laughs> Wrap it up. Word sound is power. So how the words we use either build or destroy. We were talking earlier about activation. The yeah. word I made up is to actively participate in your growth process is to be activated. <laughs> I am actively participating because so many people want healing, but they don't want to participate. Right. They want a button to push or they want a pill yeah. to take. And that's not how it works. We have to process this knowledge and information that's hiding underneath the inflammation in order to understand the self in this moment that we're living in and dealing in and struggling in. That's how the body is trying to give us guidance from the feeling, not just the thinking alone, because a lot of times our thoughts are not ours. Mm. They're from influences, things we've read, things we've seen, things we've been culturally conditioned to believe and programmed to believe are not even ours. And here we are responding to it, creating more layers of stuff in the body. And the body's like, hey, I can help you. But like you said, you got to show up. Right. You got to show up because yeah. the body knows how to heal itself. It's the first doctor mm -hmm. without the white coat, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that part of us that, uh, you know, that keeps wanting to show up, but there's some resistance to it. We have to understand and be curious about that. Mm -hmm. The fear. Yeah. The fear behind the information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How is it going to make me feel? How is it going to make me think? What am I going to have to make decisions to change my life yeah. about? Am I going to have to give up that sugar or, you know, or give up that person? Or, yeah, <laughs> that person, that person, or I've got to give up that location, yeah, that job. job. You know, you stay on a job too long, you'll get sick. Your body will get sick. It's mm -hmm. giving you information. It's reflecting knowledge of how it's feeling because of what you're doing and what you're allowing. So if you have a job, I tell people like myself, I work for myself almost 30 years now. However, I'm looking. Hmm. So when you get a job, keep looking. And don't feel no way about exiting that job hmm. until you find something that makes you happy. Hmm. Then you're not working. Right. So what you do, you're excited to do. Sometimes I'm so excited about what I do, it's hard to sleep at night and I'm just ready to go to do it to ne the next day. And I feel like everybody should have that opportunity to do what they love so yeah. that when they're doing it, they're actually nurturing and healing themselves. And that affects everyone around you. Exactly. Yeah. And that, again, that let the body knows of that. I know there's times where I sit with an answer. I'll sit and I'll put awareness around my solar plexus and I'll ask myself a question. Should I stay in this uh, situation? And I'll say yes. And I'll put attention there. Is there an expansion or is there a contraction? I used to do that years ago when I was in a relationship. Should I leave? Should I break up? And I would say yes. And then I would feel the expansion. I'm like, yeah, I got to break up, but it would take me months and months and months to actually do it. But my body knew what was right. You had to get the heart in line. Yeah. Because sometimes the heart- And the gut. To, the, the gut, gut. Yeah. The gut to, to be able to do it. Yeah. Because yeah. the heart is discerning what the gut is feeling. Yeah to get the feedback to make the adjustment. 
And if you have a good heart, you don't want to just break it off to hurt someone. You want to do it in a way that you right. maintain that peaceful relationship. Right. Or you have to, or else the next relationship is going to show up again. That's right. Yeah. The integral aspect of the alignment of how we make these transitions are so important because the body knows that alignment also. Yes. How we're doing it. Born knowing. Hmm. As a child, the children know, you know, yeah. they know. They may not understand, but they're born knowing we all are. Mm -hmm. And we soon forget once we have unhealed energy from our parents projected upon us right. that they haven't dealt with. It shows up in our relationships. Yeah. Yeah, that part of us that giggles, that just wants to spontaneously jump for joy as a kid, We've learned to to push that down. Suppress it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just because when the ego comes in around what other people are going to think and how I need to perceive myself in the world. Becoming too self-conscious. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that can turn into disease. Yeah. Because you're not allowed to express. Mm. Any thoughts about people in relationships of how they can actually work together and understanding of what's happening in their body? to better their relationships? Yes. Before going too far into the relationship, I think there should be an agreement to resort to something that they both can share that doesn't impede on each other. Hmm that they can practice and do at that moment of recognition in order to build a relationship rather than to always fall in an argument or misunderstanding. And that's where the breath comes in again, because breathing just calms and soothes and connects. Right. And so building what works for them, knowing when then it's not working from what's disconnecting, they know what to come back to connecting. Yes. That it, that conflict is a growing pain hmm. rather than a, time of departure and argument that they can see it as, okay, we have these disagreements or these, this friction, let's reason about this. Mm. Let's take it into full consideration and just allow ourselves to be in it without judgment, but to feel and see what information is it bringing to us to help build that relationship more. And many people aren't coming from that space. They're coming from a reactionary space. So they're not, they're not going into their body of what's happening in their body in the situation of disconnect so that they're not able to express truly what's happening from them in the moment. Mm -hmm. They're bringing up a reactionary expression. So I think if people would take that moment to pause mm -hmm. and to be able to reflect what is actually going on in our body. Uh, Gay and Kathleen Hendricks, couples uh, therapists and authors talk about the microscopic truth. And the microscopic truth is what's happening in the body. Everything else is a story. So is my chest tight, are my shoulders right, going forward, forward to protect yeah. the heart? <laughs> are my hands clammy? If I speak to that before I'm actually trying to defend or explain myself or talk about the story of the conflict between you, I'm coming right present in my body, mm -hmm. using the presence of my body to actually speak to the conflict. Yes, that pause honors the body's knowledge. Whereas in the mind, we get stuck there right away. We go there and we start defensive thinking and, you know, denial. And the brain is 
it's not able to function fully without the right amount of oxygen. And that's where the body comes in. Mm. So I'm challenged and I breathe into my dantian, my, my gut. I'm actually feeding my brain fresh oxygen, blood, and nutrients. So it can help me work through this rather than get just stuck in the, in the thinking. I'm integrating the thinking and the feeling to bring about the balance between the two. Pause. I've heard before. I might have said this on a, a past podcast, but there's a Catalan word in in Spanish called carencia, which means sacred pause. And they use it when mm. uh, the bullfight, when the bull is injured, that horrific whole thing around bullfights. But that's the time that the matador is most frightened because in the carencia, the m- moment of pause, the bull is gaining its strength back. So I really cued in on that. It's like, ah, the pause is where I gain my strength back. If I pause, I'm going to gain my strength. I tell couples, take a pause. It's not about retreating. It's about actually gaining your strength back when you pause. That pause is equivalent to the space between the inhalation and the exhalation. That's that space where the magic is, the creativity and the flow and the music and everything happens there. Hmm. That's interesting. When I was taught around meditation, they said, focus on that point between inhalation and exhalation and really see if you can really capture it. It's so difficult to really focus on that one moment because it's actually, it's a circular aspect to it, but there is this magical nanosecond of that. Mm -hmm. And in the practice that I do, my return breath takes quite a while now. Mm. When I'm driving and I'm doing this, I can go almost a mile on three breaths. Wow. <laughs> so the exhalation, like you're saying, it's a long exhalation. Then the pause and allowing the breath to come back in on its own, that gives the insight because you're no longer in the way, you're allowing. Hmm. And so when it comes back in, it comes in and right away it goes down into the lower body rather than the chest. It bypasses, it goes right down into the root. So then the belly feels, then you feel the chest up, then you release the belly, release the chest. It's a cycle, but the belly is always first in the release and in the intake. And that creates a cycle, the circle, so that you can find that space between each breath and enjoy the pause, that lull, emptiness. And again, to bring that awareness of what is going on in the body with that curiosity. And I know that when I get curious about that moment of that breath, that moment of curiosity in my body, I have now more curiosity for other people. Instead of intolerance, Mm -hmm. I start having more interest and curiosity because I've given that to myself. And that's, I think, one of the biggest gifts that I know when I'm in tune back of awareness of my body I have more curiosity of the world and curiosity for other people, not less judgment, less criticism, less conclusion mm-hmm. that's going on. And more compassion. Right. Yeah, because you, you understand. Mm. Understanding comes from practicing the awareness that we've gained. And breath is an awareness. Watching the breath will keep you aware of the moment that you're in. And when we practice that awareness, we gain more insight just from the practice. 
So the understanding becomes much more clear as to what I'm feeling or what my client may be feeling or what they're going through. I might not know exactly what they're feeling, but I know that this type of movement or this touch or this pressure caused the face to tighten up, which tells me that they're in pain Mm. or caused the belly to not move, which tells me that they're holding their breath about what's going on in their mind. And I don't say anything. I just breathe out loud and they come right back into breath. And all of a sudden the pain is released because they remove the attachment, <sighs> which is memory. Any thoughts for people to work on more compassion in their life of working it through the body? Compassion for the self first to take that time for themselves that they need. And I said, take it, mm. don't ask for it. Time is something you take for yourself. If it's nothing but five minutes to just go outside and walk barefooted on the ground or go sit by a tree, put your feet in a stream or calisthenics, mm. exercise, movement, just to get the, keep the blood moving and the body moving and the energy and the oxygen moving because if not, we become stagnant and it doesn't matter how well we like what we do, we need a break from it. Yeah. And so then when they connect to themselves, there's an aspect of having more compassion for whatever situation that they're going through. There's more presence in that. Mm -hmm. But then there's more compassion outside. We beat ourselves up too much. Yeah. We beat ourselves up. Mm -hmm. we're, we're always blaming ourselves, which we are responsible, but we can't beat ourselves up. Yeah. We have to take that responsibility and change how we respond to what's going on once we recognize it. And that's gonna change the body energy, which allows more lightness yeah. to be, rather than the stagnant and the heaviness in the body, which causes the thinking to be way off. Which is the direct reflection. If I'm judging my own self, my own body, whatever has happened in my life, not having compassion, it's gonna be a direct mirror for people outside. I'm gonna be judging them and mm -hmm. so forth. When I have compassion for myself, be able to give myself slack, I give it to other people. Mm -hmm. And that's how we learn. That's how, mm -hmm. that's how I learn about giving compassion is to give it to myself first. It's not selfish that I take time for myself. I'm doing it because I can be more present for the people that I'm to serve or help. Mm -hmm. It's to just be there sometimes. It doesn't take words or conversation sometimes. It just takes you showing up. Yeah. Just show up and be, hold that space. That's what holding space is all about is to be without judgment, is to just be and stay with breath because the information is revealed through that. So another relationship that we talked about before, the relationship with the breath, here's our relationship with our body that yes. we don't really give as much credence to. Our relationship with our body is so important to understand what is flowing, what's stagnant, what's contracting, what's expanding. Mm -hmm. The body speaks in the language of feeling and often we don't wanna hear so we overeat. Mm. We stuff ourselves with food and junk and poison just to not mm. feel Numb. what the body's telling us. Because it will definitely cover the emotion. Right. You know, we yeah. don't want to feel, so we go and eat the gallon of ice cream or the whole bag of Doritos. Right. Or addictions that people go towards, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. they don't want to feel the feelings. They don't want a certain aspect of vulnerable connection. Mm -hmm to be able to, a lot of addictions they're talking about is a lack of connection. Mm -hmm. But the biggest one is our lack of connection with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Tobacco, 
Hmm. Tobacco is something that people use to ground themselves. They don't know that's what they're doing. But for that moment, it removes whatever it is on your mind. But it's not real. It's false. It'll come right back and stronger because the tobacco is, is, is a medicine. Yeah. It's not a recreation. When it's a recreation, it's like um, self-medicating to not think about certain things, the thoughts will come up and they go to the cigarette and they start pulling. That's yeah. that's heavy breathing right. that that's, they should, should be, be doing, doing without the tobacco. <laughs> Most people go outside, they light up, they take this nice <laughs> breath. It's gone. Their, yeah. They think it's gone. Mm -hmm. It's just laid another layer. Right. As soon as they, that layer is there and they go back to doing something else, same thing shows up again. Right. Might be in a different form, a different way, but it's there and it's the same thing. Mm. Until they address it, it's there. Because the cigarette allows them to resist. Mm -hmm. Because it's a false feeling of grounding. It's not real. So before we end the segment, what would you offer people out to get in touch with the authentic alignment of their body? What would you offer them in that way? In the morning, when you realize that you made it through the night, you're, you're conscious again, place your hands over your belly before you get out of bed. For the males, the left hand and the right hand on top, resting softly with no pressure. For the female, the right hand mm. on the bottom and the left hand on top. So you're holding your own energy. That will bring your mind down into your body before you put your feet on the floor. Wiggle your toes, stretch them forward, pull them up to your, to your body, rotate them left and right. Stretch in bed before you get out. Hmm. What this does is it takes your mind off of all the negativity that you lay down with and you get up clear. So you start your day in a very positive energy and loose so you don't you get up sometimes you got to move all slow stretch in bed nice and if you stay there long enough your body will go into an autonomic stretch and yawn mm. that you can't control that means that your body has enough oxygen and it's okay it's time to get up without tension and stress and stiffness nice that's a great way to be in the moment of a of a new day that we have no clue of what's going to happen mm -hmm. the only thing that we know is that we could take ourselves with it and respond to mm -hmm. the day yeah. yeah and at the end of the day before you go to bed at night it's good to lay down somewhere other than your bed mm. and do the same hand mudra over your belly for about 15 minutes no more than 15. after 20 minutes your body starts to go and your mind, everything starts to move into the, the, the beta and the theta realm of sleep. You don't want to get up. Right. If you stay there too long, you might get cool because you're not covered. But if you do just 15 minutes, your body's relaxed, then go to bed. You go into bed relaxed so you can go right into your rest rather than going into bed and thinking of all the stuff we carry throughout the day. Relax somewhere other than your bed for 15 minutes. Mm. Right. Nice tip, baby. See, it's simple, people, but we just need to take the times to for our self-care to love ourselves enough to do that so that we can give love to the people that we want to give it to. Recognize the distractions that's keeping us from doing that and breathe about them first before getting in your head about it. Go to breath because nice. then you'll get the solution you need. You'll get the solution you need. Trust it. 
It's already there. It's inside. That's right. <laughs> Sweet. You that, remember? You remember Christmas when they have the J.C. commercial and they come on and they show you all this stuff that's going on in the store and they say it's all inside, <laughs> inside the store. Yeah, it's inside you. Nice. They took that truth and made a jingle to sell their product. Yeah, because we do. identify with that truth that it is all inside. Yeah. But we've been taught to look outside of ourselves Self. for what we need, and that's not going to work. All right. It's all inside of you, baby. It's all inside of all of us. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Enjoyed it. Relationships. Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting, PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by Oxbus. You can create your own professional podcast today, faster and easier. Try it for free at oxbus.com. That's A-U-X-B-U-S dot com. Oxbus. <laughs> <laughs>